0: Ellis, Bush, to Cleveland, Cleveland, up the kill, and that will wrap
1: it up. Number three, Ohio State, reeling the block party
0: on their feet. Trammell and Shin once more, set point for Purdue. Bush goes outside, Shin, the swing and the kill, Maddie Chin, the Boilermakers have done it. Purdue upsets number three, Ohio State, inside Holloway Gym. And back to the Dig City Podcast. I'm Corey Falon, head coach Dave Shondell. Coach, I've been dying to ask you. How was your weekend?
1: It was busy. Um, you know, I think emotionally fatiguing. Uh, everybody thinks, you know, man, you beat Ohio State, who was ranked in the top five in the country, and then you you beat your arch rival in-state um, Indiana Hoosiers. That it's uh, everything should be fantastic, but. Uh, Our coaching staff and our players were all a little fatigued. And I I think about what Ohio State had to do. Opening day, opening weekend, the Big Ten season, they go on the road to Purdue. And then they turn around and have to fly directly to Penn State to play a team they had beaten twice last year. And, um, you know, you beat Russ Rose twice in a year. And uh, he's going to be ready for you the next time. And I think that's what happened. So I just can't imagine what that would be like, but we'll have some episodes similar to that. We're going to have, I think, Wisconsin and Minnesota on the road back to back this season. And uh, every, every match in this league is, is really, really tough. Uh, You know, people may look at it and say, well, there's some separation between the, you know, the real powers and those that aren't, but, Ask Wisconsin about that, who traveled out to Maryland uh, on Friday night. And this is a Wisconsin team that I voted number one in the country last week. And, um, you know, those things happen in, the, in this league. Just not very often to a, a team like Wisconsin. They've been sailing along pretty smoothly for many, many years. But credit Adam Hughes and, and the women at, at Maryland for uh, rising up and, and and getting the biggest win in the history of that program. So congratulations to Maryland and Um, You know we're certainly excited about the weekend that we had, but um, it's it's over and and now we get ready for Illinois and Rutgers this weekend. Fortunately at home, so that will be that will be a positive. But two good teams and just lots of things you have to be ready for and and you know your team. We gave them the day off today, and we gave them the day off yesterday. They they were scheduled to have today off, but we felt like you know what everything that's going on in the last two years. Yeah. Um, and then as hard as we've worked to get ready to, to put a really good team on the floor this season. And I know you just asked me one question and I've been talking for a long time, but um, I, I think it's important that our fans know that this is not easy. And our players, we have, we have about seven or eight players that are, are getting ready to make career decisions. They're gonna graduate. Some of them have already graduated. Uh, another five are going to graduate. There's a lot on their plate right now, aside from volleyball and aside from COVID and aside from trying to to, to be prepared to play the best, best teams in the country. So um, they're doing a great job of holding up, but we have to, as coaches and support staff, and I think fans have to be aware that there's a lot going on with these kids right now at a time that none of us went through in college. And so we're going to, we're going to err on the side of being tolerant and being kind and, and making sure we're observing how these guys are getting along because I think that's the most important thing right now. It's really well
0: said that's, that's something that, and we'll get back to volleyball in a minute, but that's something that everyone, like you said, takes for granted. I think, you know, we're all sports fans and we all get really invested in the product on the field or the product on the court To what's going on between the lines we don't we don't ever think these these are college kids going through life and Mm -hmm. uh all that that entails everything that is involved in you know being an 18 to 22 year old college woman and all of those life decisions like you said so you know to to have that uh that ounce of understanding is so important
1: well and i think when you look at Big Ten athletes in particular, any athlete or any college student, but you're looking at these athletes and you're thinking they have so much to look forward to, so much um, going for them, you know, talented, beautiful, athletic, intelligent women, but it's all relative, you know, it's just like in in athletics, it's all relative, we're fighting the same battles in the Big Ten, That Daleville High School, the team I coached my first job at is is fighting right now in the Mid-Eastern Conference in Indiana High School Volleyball. It's all relative. And yet sometimes we think because these are athletes that are all, you know, kids ranked in the top 100 coming out of high school that they don't have problems. Well, everybody's got problems. You, me, everybody's got problems. And I think that we have to be aware of that and we have to be there for them because ultimately that's that's our first job is to take care of the, the people that we're in charge of.
0: How long has it taken you in your, in your coaching life to really embrace that, that approach that you have? Was that a process or is that, is that always been back? In the I'm back not year? sure
1: I've embraced it yet. I'm, 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 I'm trying to do the best I can, you know, because uh, there's, there's stress and pressure that, that we have to put the best product on the, on the floor or on the field, depending on what sport, uh, the wrestling mat, the whatever the ball diamond, but um I think when you get to a point that you've coached a long time and you're not as concerned about, I mean, I want to win championships. And I, we talked about this, I think, uh, maybe a week or two ago. I, we, we want to win a championship. We want to win a Big Ten championship. We want to win a national championship. I'm not, I'm not going to define myself. My wife's not going to define me. The people that matter aren't going to look at me based on how many championships or what my overall career record was at Purdue. What's what I'm hoping to do is the people that leave our program go on to be successful. That doesn't mean they even like me. Okay. That my job isn't to be liked. Right. I, I, w- I would prefer to be liked. I would prefer to have great relationships with all of our players, but that's, that's going to be hard to do and still do the job that we're assigned by Purdue university um, to, to, to produce, great young women who can go out and compete and be successful in life and be disciplined and, and work as hard as they can. You know, you have to push people sometimes and you don't always push the right buttons. You don't always develop the kind of relationship you want. Everybody doesn't play as much as they'd like. And this is, this is a classic example, 21 players on our roster and not everybody's going to be happy Mm -hmm. and they're not going to be happy with me. And if I want to sit around and worry about that aspect of it, we don't get better. So my job is to focus a little bit less on trying to appease everybody and work hard on putting the best team on the floor and developing them every day in practice. And so, you know, that sometimes a day off can help you put all that back in perspective a little bit. Uh, But we have a great culture. Um, You know, nobody's out to get me, uh, out to get our staff, out to get anybody. Uh, we're just we're just trying to move forward and make sure our team can adjust accordingly to each week because each week is different. The expectations are different. Uh, you know, this year, this week, the poll came out and, and we were ranked fourth in the country, which is absolutely meaningless because it, it doesn't have any impact on the NCAA tournament, any impact on where you're going to be seated. It's just a bunch of coaches like me, old ball coaches, trying to rank people in their spare time um, so that's not important, but it does add pressure if you, if you want it to. Otherwise, just take care of business. Just keep moving along like you've been doing for the last many years and, and try to get better every day.
0: One of my favorite uh, points about polls, Matt Painter's, is, is he said over, over the years, you know, being in, in the top 10 is great, but, you know, it doesn't automatically advance you to the sweet
1: 16. Mm-hmm. It, it, Unfortunately, no. Yeah. unfortunately it doesn't work that way no you've got to beat people and the rpi though is a different story the rpi yeah. can favor you in a uh a seed in the tournament draw and things like that and so that 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 is a little bit different beast and fortunately in that poll we're we're sitting pretty good uh but it's really early in the campaign and we have a lot of matches to play 18 exactly before uh, we'll know where we're going to fit into the picture
0: Let's go ahead and talk about Friday night. I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about last week because like you said, you've already turned your attention to this week and, and the next challenge at hand. But um, down two sets to one in the fourth, trailing in the fourth to number three, Ohio State. Um, I know you said yesterday during your weekly press conference that uh, you had faith in your team because you knew that the fitness level of your team was unshakable. That, that okay, we are we are not fatigued at this point because I know that, you know, we've put in the work. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that struck me because that's not something that, you know, from a layman's perspective uh, you think about a lot in volleyball. There's not a ton of running. There's not a, you know, it's not a high cardio
1: in the traditional sense sport, but it still came into play. Well, I mean, let's be honest. We've got a unique group. We have two fifth-year seniors who were all Big Ten players that have improved dramatically since last year uh, in, in every facet. Just an absolute treat to have walk into the gym every day. Mm-hmm. Then we have five seniors that all have played a considerable amount of volleyball. And then you've got a junior class that's got tremendous talent, one of the top 10 classes in the country uh, when, when they came in here. And we have a strength coach. Aaron Broquet, it's okay with Broquet, um, that has just done a tremendous job of getting these players to work and believe and, and understand the value of fitness and, and strength, um, and discipline. So, and I know what, what our mental makeup is. And, and even in, when nobody's in, in great emotional spirits, uh, during the last couple of years, We've persevered pretty nicely. So my point yesterday, Corey, was that I believe in the team. And even though we were down 16-12 or whatever it might have been uh, in that fourth set, at a timeout, I told him, we're in a good position here. I, I like the way that we're moving. I like this these next few rotations that we're going to be in. Let's take advantage of them. And, and let's just keep doing our thing and, and, and not give away quite as many points. But when they give us a point, let's take it and then earn some more. And uh, that had nothing to do with anything, I'm sure. But um, our players just finally, uh, I thought, they just outlasted Ohio State on that night. That's the only way you can describe it. And I've been in matches with Minnesota exactly two years, a a year ago, you were there, where we were up in the same situation, and they just finished the match, and we didn't. And now, here's a a year where we're on the other side of that ledger, you know, last, last Friday night where I thought our guys just hung tough and they believed and they made the plays down the stretch that they needed to more than what the other team did.
0: Pulled away in the fifth set. Well, I say pulled away. It was still, it was 10, 10. There were a couple of challenges that uh, really played a big, a big part. We won't get into those because I'm not sure that uh, not I, enough time, a lot of the, the outcomes of, of those challenges, but um Pulled away in the fifth set, took it. Uh, I know another thing you touched on was uh, you, you flat out said it's maybe the loudest you've ever heard Holloway Gymnasium. Uh, the fans the fans really showed out this weekend.
1: Well, I, I think that everywhere in the country, fans are showing out. Yeah. I, I think you would agree with that. Um, you look at what's happened with our soccer team. They're having record crowds uh football has had unbelievable crowds and what a great win for jeff brahm and his guys on saturday to move to three and one with minnesota uh the the rowing boat to come into town Uh, i always feel like a freight train is going to take care of a of a a rowboat but we'll find out on uh saturday uh and i get a chance to watch most of that game so i'm looking forward to that but um where where were we going with that crowds the crowd yeah um our block party is awesome this year. Uh, and, and I'm sure that some of the fans know that 30 of them load up in a bus and came down to cheer us on at least 30. There might've been more than that. I didn't count them uh, and, and gave us a real boost down in Bloomington on, on Sunday. But it's, it's the biggest group of, of students we've had in many, many years. And we've got one of the consistently been one of the best student crowds in the country right now. It's the best it's without a doubt, the best. And a lot of antics going on with those people. And and then you add the community crowd. Uh, It's just, it was so loud in there. Um, It's absolutely hard to communicate with your team. That's okay. Uh, The students are are perched behind the opponent, Mm. their court. So it's harder for them than it is for us. But uh, I love our crowd. It's something I'm very, very proud of right now. Not that our home crowd, we're going to sell out every match this year. I mean, it's, it's pretty much a done deal. If you want to get a ticket for a match this year, you need to do it yesterday uh, to get it done uh, because they're all going to sell out. And I know he's got a couple of tickets left for Rutgers on a, on a football Saturday. Those won't last, you know, that. So, um, you know, get your tickets fast, but it's going to be a great year. And then to go down to Bloomington and play Indiana in in our, our um, Monon spike match, which is a big, a big deal for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, to watch with 30 minutes before the match to see already about 2000 people in Wilkinson hall and probably at least a third of those wearing black and gold. And then that crowd continued to increase, to break a record for Indiana volleyball attendance. And it would not have happened if it wouldn't have been for that awesome group of Purdue fans that came from all across the state and maybe beyond uh, to support this team that clearly our fans love. Our fans absolutely love this volleyball team and we're proud of that. And and I'm really excited about the, uh, the growing support that we're getting uh, for our volleyball team. I think the drive down there took
0: longer than I guarantee the drive down there took longer than the match did. Uh, You you took care of the Hoosiers quickly. Three sets lasted about 80 minutes. I was, I was watching the clock uh, along with the the live stream while out at soccer. Um, 12 blocks in three sets, JL Johnson, uh, had, a, had a whale of a weekend and the, the Big Ten Conference rewarded her yesterday, naming her the co-defensive player of the week. Uh, I know, you know, you've got high praise for every player on the team this week. It happened to be uh, JL and, and it feels like it's a different player every week. That's pretty that's pretty impressive.
1: Well, just to, t- to touch on JL, uh, her athleticism right now is beyond my expectations she is moving so fast and getting off getting off the floor so quick and penetrating across the net uh beyond what anybody else on our team is doing jl's not the most athletic player on our team but she is playing like that right now uh just playing with such spirit and enthusiasm and confidence and drive uh to lead this team she's taking her role as a leader very very seriously on this team so it was great to see her get a much deserved uh you know defensive player of the week honor but um just on the match first of all indiana did not play at their level i mean they're they're a team that's got good young talent and um they had played very well the night or two nights before when they swept michigan state at home we did not see the best version of indiana volleyball and, and i i know steve aired uh, you know, talked about that after the match. We kind of jumped on them early. They had a young, some young players on the floor, uh, a couple of players that had just come back off some injuries. And even though they did play, you know, well against uh, Sparty, um, I think that they did not perform at the same level. So when we see them in Holloway Gym late in the campaign, uh, I fully expect them to be a more seasoned and um, ready team than what they were down there. But nonetheless, defensively, we were really good. We served the ball tough, Corey. We blocked well. We we dug dug a lot of balls. It really wasn't until I think our players felt like the match was over that um, we gave up some easy points. That was down the stretch. I think we were up 20 to 11. Yeah. And before you know it, they they've scored maybe eight of the next 10 points because we just mentally left the building. And that's on us, and, and we have to improve on that. I, this is a team that has been mentally sharp uh, about every time they step on the floor. Uh, but they, they did start to lose their focus and give credit to Indiana. They did not give up. They came after us with some good tough jump serves and got some, some enthusiasm going. But at the end of the day, we did get out of there with a sweep. And um, now we're looking forward to what lies ahead for Purdue Volleyball.
0: Illinois comes in Friday night Rutgers on Saturday evening both of those matches at seven o'clock like you said the Illinois match already sold out a few tickets for Rutgers remain if you can't make it to Holloway both of those matches will be brought to you live on Big Ten plus that's an option and and, uh, also on the radio uh, if you prefer to to listen to another Shondell talk for a couple hours. Kyle, uh, Kyle and Val doing a great job on the, on the radio call, no doubt. But let's, let's focus on Illinois. They've won, it looks like, five in a row coming in, Started off 0-2, or, uh, 2-0 in the Big Ten with a couple five-set wins last weekend. Just uh, what do the Fighting Illini uh, present challenge-wise?
1: Well, it's a, it's a border war, as you know. Um, I think since the days of Carol Dewey, uh, the Illinois-Purdue rivalry has been pretty intense from fans from both schools, traveling to those matches. It's the shortest road trip that we have. Uh, Some people don't realize that going to Champaign is a shorter trip than going to Bloomington. And the matches have been very, very competitive. Uh, You know, normally you can anticipate a a five-setter, at least a four-setter, when our two teams get together. Chris Thomas, a great young coach, um, benefited from uh, his opposite, girl named Cooney. That is playing at a ridiculous level right now. Uh, probably playing right now, with the exception of Samity, may be playing as well as any opposite in the big 10. And that's saying something because there's a lot of good right side yes. players in our conference, but she is hitting the ball with more pop and as much confidence as, as just about anybody. Uh, they're big and athletic on the left side, and they're big and athletic in the middle, just not quite as experienced. And then they've got one of the better setters in the league. Um, so this is, this is a, an Illinois team that, um, you know, graduated some ball control players, but they have all their horses back. And, um, uh, if you recall the last match, of the regular season a year ago, um, they beat us, uh, in the fifth set, I think 15, 13, 16, 14, something like that after we had really punched them in the mouth the night before. And, uh, that's a credit to Chris and his team that after getting you know really beat badly on Friday, they find a way to come back and win uh, in the same gym the next night. So that's something that we we have to remember that how they did that, which was aggressive offense, just pounding balls off our block and and believing in what in their system. So uh, we play them on Friday and then we turn around and we'll play them again the following Wednesday. So that's going to be two quick matches with a good Illinois team that's trying to work their way right back into the NCAA tournament conversation.
0: It's interesting too, that, you know, that, that final match of the of the spring season, they had nothing to play for. They nothing but pride to play for. And you're right. They came out a, a completely different team on night two So uh, uh, probably a good, maybe a good outcome for, for this year's team to uh, for you guys to prepare. Hey, there's, records go out the window you do not take this team lightly
1: well i think you know it's a credit to chris thomas you know you talk about what did they have to play for well maybe in the back of their mind they were thinking they had an outside shot at the nca tournament but that's talking about the character of a team right. and, and the young women that the illinois recruits that they they came in on a night where we felt you know if we would play well we would win and we played fairly well just not good enough right. and fortunately it did not impact us negatively with with the NCA tournament draw we ended up getting a, a a solid draw I think we were seven last year seeded yeah, seven and, and I think uh, uh, that's and a lot impressive. of people thought wow you just lost Illinois that's going to blow you right out of the water but fortunately it did not and then we proved during the tournament that we were worthy of that uh, of that seed um, but uh, like I say Indiana I mean Purdue and Illinois has become a really really good rivalry um, as it as it was back in the Dewey days and so um, our fans, will be needed because there will be some Illinois fans in the house and we're going to have to be loud and proud.
0: Rutgers on Saturday night as well. Uh, like I said, 7 o'clock. Uh, real quick, give me 90 seconds on the Scarlet Knights.
1: Well, they were picked um, higher than ever in uh, the Big Ten poll this year. You know, they, they had a good year last year. I believe they have every player back with the exception of maybe a middle from that team a year ago that kind of shocked the world not only did they win some big matches, they lost some five setters. Uh, They lost a five setter to Ohio state that they had one, they had in their hip pocket and they let it get away. So uh, they're a better team. Um, They they won plenty of matches during non-conference. I think they started off zero and two lost to Penn state and somebody else um, this past weekend. So, um, I like the fact that we, you know, we open up at home uh, with them and we'll play them again on the road. We go on a road trip that we'll play Rutgers and Maryland, I believe, back to back. So that will be a a tougher uh, challenge, I believe. But, you know, after an Illinois match where you're playing a a big rival, you're going to have to regroup and be ready to play Rutgers. I don't know who they play on Friday. I'm not sure where they're at Friday.
0: They are at Northwestern Friday.
1: Okay, and that that could be a Jim Dandy. Northwestern is one of the most undervalued teams in the league right now. They are they are really talented and really good. We play them twice this season, home and home. So uh, Northwestern will be a, a real challenge for anybody they play. I know they they went they lost in four, I believe, to um, they lost in five to Illinois. Northwestern did, and they may have lost in four to uh, Nebraska, but I'm not sure. You're Not sure about my, that.
0: Uh, testing my Wi Fi here, my, my connection, see if I can pull up these results. Yep, yeah, lost in four to Nebraska, oh. five to Illinois. Uh, Rutgers lost to Penn State and Wisconsin. They drew the.
1: Yes, that's a tough, tough matchup to start weekend. off the season. So, um, <laughs> uh, they a anyway, Wisconsin. nothing easy in this league. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to get crazier as we go on. Uh, ho- hopefully, uh, like you said, nice to be able to enjoy some of the football game on Saturday. I was going to ask what, what your game day prep is like, you know, when there's so much other opportunities going on. I'm sure there's some. Yeah, some well, it's off.
1: it's really busy and it's kind of a wait and see situation. Um, you know, we're working really hard to get ready for Illinois. And usually it takes us about three, three and a half days to feel like we have everything in place for the first opponent. And then we have our staff and and, and myself start to take a peek at the next opponent so that we we have a plan in place. And so then when the match is over on Friday against your first night opponent, then you can quickly dive in and, and just do some final touches to get ready for Rutgers, watch the match that they played on that particular night that usually isn't uh, um, loaded up until the mid-morning, but you can you know watch that and, and, and get a chance to see how they played uh, in their match against Northwestern. And then if, if you feel confident, then you can go over and watch a half of, of football. Um, hopefully, well, I think it'll be a really good game. I know we're a, a, a small favorite against uh, Minnesota, but I, I know that um, Coach Brahma I, I got a chance to talk to him after his press conference yesterday, and he's always very, very cautious, but I think he feels good about this football team. He likes the way that they're playing. He likes the attitudes, loves the defense. I did like the way that uh, Aiden came in and kind of changed changed things up uh, offensively for them. So it's really good to see uh, Coach Braum uh, with the look on his face that I saw yesterday because last year was really tough for him. You know, he had the COVID, um, and uh, I don't think he really totally got back from that uh, before the season was over. So it's great to see him and the guys playing as well as they're playing right now.
0: A lot of good things going on in Boilermaker country right now, and uh, we're going to keep it rolling this weekend.
1: Well, big match us. for soccer. Soccer has, yeah. I think, Michigan, who's uh, ranked right on the verge of the top 20. Um, I know our RPI is slightly ahead of theirs, which is great because I'm sure soccer uses the RPI like it's the only thing you can use um, to dictate teams. So uh, that will be a great match. I encourage all of our Purdue athletic fans to get out to the soccer, the Folk Stadium, Folk Field, I think it is. Okay. Uh, on Thursday to support our soccer team, they're eight and I think eight one and two yep. on the campaign, uh, best best season in, in a long long time. Really excited for uh, Drew and his team and his players. So I know I'll be out there on Thursday um, cheering them on and, and looking forward to a great fall for Purdue Sports. Definitely.
0: I'll see you uh, see you at soccer on Thursday and then and then uh, in Halloween Friday night. Sounds great. Good plan. All right, we'll uh, we'll catch you all down the road. Water well, up. Water well, up.